Welcome to the most overrated, underappreciated, most viewed, underviewed podcast of all time. Welcome to the Prince of Fresh Air. This is your host, the most charismatic man in entertainment, and we are back for another episode. That's right. And it's a pleasure to welcome my next guest, Avery. Uh, Avery is a 24-year-old Los Angeles native, proud Afro-Caribbean guy who doesn't hold back his opinions by any means. Uh, he holds a nine to five job in the tech industry. And then in his free time, he's a content creator who uses Instagram as a fashion platform to show off his better fits. And he's known as super A's on Instagram. And we worked uh, together uh, for Jubilee for, for people who don't know Jubilee is a, a very well-known uh, uh, platform on YouTube. And we've worked together in one of the better episodes that came out recently. So it's a pleasure to have him on the, on the podcast. How you doing, man? What's good, man? How you doing? Uh, living American broke dream, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. Exactly. <laughs> well, we in the middle of pandemic, you know? What can right. I say? No, I'm not really broke, but, you know. <laughs> um, so, you know, let, let's start this off right. Let, let's, let's get the people what they want. So, um, you know, we, we've talked about this plenty of times, and I want to give people a sense of you um so like i mentioned you know we worked together before in jubilee and um the episode we did um well it was called do all black men think the same on the spectrum series but they changed it to um are black men over sexualized um and you know that that video that we did was uh was very it was talked about a lot a lot of people from tiktok to instagram was commenting on it even big youtubers uh making reaction videos to it and uh, it seems to me that me and you were the most talked about, whether it was good or bad. Um, what do you remember about, you know, your time on uh, filming that episode? And is there anything you want to clarify, you know, for a lot of people who may have misconstrued your comments? Yeah. Um, so first off, it was a great experience. Shout out to Jubilee and, you know, the team. But uh, filming that episode, I just knew for a fact in my mind, I'm like, you're going to be the villain. You're going to be the one that everyone hates. Like, not even for a split second that I think that I will be on, like, the receiving end of, like, a lot of the, you know, like, negative feedback and, you know, things of that sort. Um, I think a lot of people, they took what I said, but they didn't really listen to what I said in a sense. You know, the comment I made of, you know, I'm not pro-Black, I was pretty much stating that my views and my ideas like my standards of what I think a true pro-Black person is that I don't fit in that narrative. And I think people took that by me saying I'm not pro-Black in the sense of saying that, you know, I don't like Black people or that, you know, I don't care about the Black community. And that wasn't what I was saying. I was making my point of me not being pro-Black. I don't live in a Black neighborhood. I don't only shop Black. I don't only date Black. So I don't fit in that narrative of what I believe to be, you know, a true pro-Black person. Right. And I, you know, and let's start off with that because I think, um, you know, especially nowadays when you got people like Dr. Umar Johnson and, and countless others, people talking about pro-Black, um, you know, on the hills of George Floyd and all these um, racial tension uh, situations going on in society nowadays. Uh, for, for you, what do you think is pro-Black? Like, what do you think constitutes that? Um, I think everything that you do, I believe the main part of what I truly believe a pro-Black person is, is that, you know, it's who they decide to, you know, marry, who they decide to procreate with. I think that's the most important 
first before, you know, when it comes to, you know, the economic system of, you know, the Black community, you feel me, whether it's, you know, where you spend your money at, but I think who you're married to and who you date is a big reflection of who you are. So for me, that's how I view pro-Black, you know, I'm not going to take a Black dude that's married to a white woman and say he's pro-Black, like to me, those two don't correlate, you know? Right. But let me, um, and I asked you, because that was one of the, that prompt in the video, um, whoever, you know, for people who didn't watch it, definitely go check it out. It was very, it's well worth the, the, the listen and the watch. Um, but that was one of the most talked about points was the pro-black part. Um, and I remember one of my comments was, I feel like, you know, whether you date outside your race or not, I think it's really up to the individual because there's people who, you know, I should say, let me clarify, because we are talking about pro-black. So there are black people who date, you know, only black women or black men, but yet they don't care about the culture. Um, and then you have some who date other outside their race and they care more about the culture. Do you think interracial marriage or, you know, dating or marrying outside your race um, really is a, is a constitute of making you pro-black? Um, For me, let me just start by saying, I don't care who someone decides to marry like i'm for interracial marriages i'm for you know people loving whoever they are whether gender whether sexual orientation like be happy with who you are right my whole problem with my beliefs on pro-black and you know black people in specific is you cannot shout and you cannot say that you're in support and you're super pro-black but then you're with someone that doesn't represent those values, that doesn't understand that struggle, that, you know, will never know truly what it's like to walk in the shoes of a Black man or Black woman. So to me, I look at it as, okay, cool, like you're dating outside of your race, that's great, but don't be on the mountaintops on some Dr. Umar stuff saying, yo, like I'm super pro-Black, and it's like, no, you're not, and that's okay. It's not a bad thing. I think people think that when someone say that they're not pro-black, that it's a bad thing. It's okay to not be pro-black. There's nothing wrong with it. But I'm not going to look at someone that's married to someone that doesn't represent their culture or anything of their background and look at them as the example of what it is to be pro-black. Uh, that's a that's a fair thing. And you know what you said, um, starting off the conversation, I think it was very important. You said you was going into the video or I should say into the episode that you, you thought you was going to be the villain. And like, it, it's funny because I remember in the middle of filming the episode, I was like, I'm going to be the one victimized. I, uh, you know, I'm going to be the one to get crucified in the comments. And it turned out not to be the case for the most part, um, because I think people like the, the honesty and the respect that we have for each other. We weren't just yelling and bickering and, and screaming and stuff like that. But one of the things that I did, find kind of weird was how a lot of people thought that we were all gay or we weren't all <laughs> black because we weren't from the hood or the projects it's like i'm from the hood i grew up in the projects do i have to have my pants slinging throwing up gang sets to be a you know a black man is that is that where we're going from um did, did you ever get the that idea that um this is a certain image to black people that a lot of people have that you know, maybe you don't, you know, possess? Um, After the episode aired, yeah, like, I realized that a lot of people views on what, yeah, like, a lot of people views on what they think Black men should be or really far left, you know, what I thought. I mean, 
people were saying, none of these guys are from the hood. And I'm just like, even if we were from the hood, how can you be able, like, how would you be able to depict that from this video? Because, you know, uh, oh, like, why do they speak like that? Like, they, like, they, like, bro, how are we supposed to speak? Like, <laughs> like this is how I talk in my day-to-day life. Like, I don't, like, I, you know, like, this is just me. Like, I'm on this show. I'm going to be real. And, you know, like, the same conversations I have behind closed doors with my friends or the same conversations that I wanted to come to the show with. You know what I mean? Be, like, my true authentic self and, like, my beliefs and, like, you know, like, is that simple? Like, I don't know. Like, it was just crazy to me to see so many people be like, yo, like, these aren't real Black men. You guys could have did better. And I'm just like, I don't know what you guys expected. I don't know if y'all watching too much TV or too much BMF. But, man, we all come in different standards. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and you know, I brought that up because that was one of the points I made. And one of the points a lot of people pointed out was the fact that I always, like, when I was talking about my trauma as a kid, I was talking about I wasn't Black enough. And people would, some people assumed that I was just talking about my skin color, which obviously is not the case because I'm a chocolate man. But I think people also forget the fact that, you know, just looking at the mere comments. Yeah, I think a black person is a gangbanger, a, a criminal, a guy who who speaks in slang and and throw up gang sets. Is that what a black man is supposed to sound like? You know, so it, it, that's what I mean. Like, that was one of the points I was making was it wasn't so much that I didn't I wasn't aware that I was black. But I didn't feel black because, you know, growing up, the people that was respected in the in the hood and the projects was, you know, the 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 guys I went to school with that was on the corner all day shooting dice, you know, selling drugs and gangs, beating up people, violence. I that seemed like that was respected, and I mean, the comments really didn't bother me because at the end of the day, I've worked with them. I've done five episodes with Julie before, and but it's just it's just another thing that I talk about is like, if this is your idea of black men, then you're screwed. Because if y'all, if y'all only think that, you know, we have to speak or carry ourselves a certain way, you know, that's not right to us. And, you know, to say we're not real black men because we didn't have that perception that you thought a black man should have is ridiculous. Right. I agree. Yeah. You know, I completely agree with that. Um, but you know, uh, I digress from that. I think uh, I think it was I think we did a good job on that episode. It was definitely one of my favorite episodes I've, episodes I've ever done, especially the most viral one too, because it seemed like everybody had a lot of support for us. Uh, even though some of the guys in the group didn't, you know, get a lot of airtime, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah. you know, shout it, out to it, my boy Jordan because I know Jordan like they edit the hell out of him, but. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, then. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's entertainment, man. It, you you've caught like I'm an actor, so I I see I see it. You know, I've been seeing it for years. It's entertainment. There's a narrative they push. They cast certain people for a specific reason, and they air certain segments and certain talking points because there's a narrative that they want to push an agenda. So. You know, it's unfortunate that, you know, a couple of the guys did have some good points that, that didn't make it. But, you know, it's right. show business. I'm not that surprised. Um, but, you know, let, let's digress. Let, let's get to know you a little more. Um, so um, I didn't know you was Afro-Caribbean. And, um, you know, I think that's uh, fascinating. You know, because when a lot of people look at you, they might think you're, you know, half white, half black because you're, you know, a light skinned guy. Um, talk, 
what was your childhood like um you know growing up in los angeles and stuff was it uh was it good out here for you yeah um growing up um for the most part i grew up in like for the most part middle class areas like i never really lived in like a you know like a not too good of an area like in majority of my childhood so i guess my experience on things is a little bit biased like i have the la experience because i'm from la but I felt like, you know, my parents and my mom, they kind of kept me sheltered away from, you know, like the street world and, you know, gang culture and things of that sort. So granted, now that I'm an adult, I know the culture very well, but I do feel like, you know, I had a like an advantage of being raised kind of, you know, on like the outskirts and like in like the suburbs, you know, where I was able to see both sides, you know? Right. Oh, no, that, that's that's cool. Like, you know, for me, I grew up, I grew up in, a, well, I grew up in foster care, um, but I grew up in the, in the projects and um, damn man, it's, 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 it's not a thing that I, I understand why people glamorize it so much. I can understand why, because of all the things that happens, but it's, you know, as his downfalls to say the least. Um, and one of the things I had mentioned life skin, right? Because one of the things that we talked about in the video too, was the whole, uh, at least I brought it up, was the whole light skin versus dark skin debate. Um, and for you as a light skin guy, have you ever felt like um, you've had to defend your blackness because you were light skin? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> like my whole <laughs> life. <laughs> uh, I remember like from elementary school is like the earliest memory I could remember of, you know, being in schools with people like that weren't, what's what I'm looking for? Like, for the most part, I went to school with, like, a lot of, like, Cubans, Puerto Ricans, or people that weren't necessarily Black, right? So a lot of times people felt that, oh, well, you're cool, but you're not like those other Black people. Like, oh, are you really even Black? Like, I feel like I've always had to defend my Blackness. And it's just like, dude, like, my mom is a whole Black woman from Compton. Like, I don't know, like, why do I have to keep on defending my Blackness? Like, bro, like, I'm Black at the end of the day, regardless of, you feel me? Like, what it is, like, I'm a Black man, you know? Like, I walk this world as a Black man if I get pulled over. They're not like, oh, you know what? You're Afro-Caribbean. I know you got some white in you from like your mom's side, bro. Like, no, you're a nigga. Like, bro, it's just exactly. Like, <laughs> like, it's, no, it's no question about it. Like, <laughs> unless you look like Tom Cruise, yeah. I, I've, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's mind blowing. And like, it's it's one of those things. Like nowadays, too, you see it so much in the in the rap uh, industry, the music industry, where you see a lot of um you know, black rappers getting, you know, busted by the FBI and everything, you know, getting slept, put in prison and all that stuff. And one of the things I've been seeing a lot recently too, is the fact that it seems to me, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but it seems to me that as black people, we fail each other. Like we, I feel like when George Floyd happened, there was some type of unity, mm -hmm. but for me, it was more so like, uh it's the it's the news coverage it's the cameras it's the lights that people want to come out for um do you ever feel like as a community we actually tear each other down more than we do try to reunite yeah definitely um i do feel like it's a lot of division within us i do feel like before we're able to make change on the outside world 
we got to work on our inner community first because I feel like it's so much division, it's so much animosity. And this is not with every person, but a big part of the community is a lot of division and like a lot of, you know, jealousy and stuff. I feel like if we fix that first and come together as a whole, we will be so powerful in this world. But I feel like what holds us back is a lot of our self-hate for each other and things of that sort. I really feel like if we got that checked off and cleared up, we'll be able to like really make progress in this world because I feel like on the outside looking in, some people may feel like they're in the streets, they're marching for justice, they want this and they want that, but then they're killing each other at a rapid rate. You know what I mean? So it's like, how can we have, how can we expect other people on the outside to respect us as human beings and respect our lives when we don't do the best of a job we could just with, just with like within us, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, I, it, I've and the reason why I mentioned the music industry is because I see it so much. Like it, it, it mind blows me how many rappers in 2022 when we just started have been killed by other black men, and we just started the the, the year. Um, and like you see it so much in the music now. Don't get me wrong, I love my I love hip hop, I love rap music, but it seems like every time I turn around, the newest black artist is getting gunned down by his best friend another black man because of jealousy because of hatred and it's like can we you know help each other grow you know do we have to kill each other off for of jealousy like it, it makes no sense that you know your best friend somebody for over 15 years but you know they make it you know bigger than you before uh you get the chance and you kill them out of jealousy you know, I think we're doing each other a disservice by doing that. And again, it goes back to the, the comment um, that I was making about the, you know, Jubilee video, what some of the comments were, oh, they don't act black. Is this what y'all want? Y'all want, you know, the pop smokes? Y'all want the, you know, I forgot the young Dolph, the people getting killed in front of a cookie store. Right. Is that what y'all want of black people, you know? And I, I just think that we as black people too, we do it to each other. Like the whole light skin versus dark skin debate. Don't get me wrong. I understand why people mention it. Cause if you grow up with light skin family members, you're a dark skin person and vice versa. There's some type of things that you do notice, but I think the whole segregation of each other because of light, uh, because of skin color, it's, the, you know, what it's no different than a white person doing it to us. If you think about it, you know, um, do you think that's a big problem, like this whole light skin and, and dark skin debate about, oh, dark skin is more superior than light skin and vice versa? Definitely, yeah. And I think that it ties all the way back into slavery. You know, that whole light skin, dark skin mindset, that stuff started from slavery. You know, light skins were afforded privileges that, you know, the darker skin tone people weren't afforded privileges. Like not saying that, you know, they had it easy, but they had it a tad bit easier being, you know, quote unquote, called a house nigga and being in the house. So I feel like that stereotype stems down from slavery and it's just been passed down and passed down that light skins are seen as more feminine and more weak and dark skins are seen as more, you know, masculine and more you know, of a superiority, you know, I think that that, you know, that's something that's been going on for generations. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, man. It's, it, and that, that's all I, I, you like the whole pro black thing. It, that's why I say for me, it's up to the individual, because at the end of the day, if you're not a strong character, if you don't stand in your own principles, it wouldn't change if you date a black woman, you know, or a black man. Why? Because if you treat all black people the same way, like you don't care if it's not in your household, you won't be bothered. You know, you beat on your wife or your husband. Then, I mean, I really don't think that you're a good qualification of a 
pro-black person despite the fact that you married a black person you know so you know i digress though you know (laughs) (laughs) um let's get back to it you know so um so you work a nine to five job in the tech industry and you're also content creator which is you know we're seeing a trend of people doing that nowadays you know having a full-time job but you know also um, finding ventures outside of their, their job to, you know, fulfill the creative purposes. Uh, how's that journey been for you? Um, it's been great to say the least. Um, you know, I've always been a fan of, you know, like taking photos and modeling and, you know, fashion and things of that sort. So I really felt like within the past six months or a year or so, I'm like, I'm really going to try this Instagram stuff, like fully, like really just post more, try to post more content, I'm trying to get active on TikTok. Like I'm really trying to just really just push myself out there just to see, you know, where it can go. You know, I think during the pandemic, I kind of looked at life, you know, from like a bird's eye view, like what exactly do I really want to do? Like, where am I trying to go, whether in my career wise or like my personal life? So I just felt that, you know, within the past two years, like losing people and things of that sort, it really made me think hard on like the type of impact or the type of legacy that I want to leave. And I've been on this mindset of, you know, don't have fear, like just post your shit and just go about your shit. You know, if people go like it, they go like it. You don't want to sit around and, you know, worry about what other people think. And then, you know, you let years go by and then it's too late, you know, like just live in the moment, like just post it and just going about your, you know, like your life. Like, Oh, I, man, I completely agree. I think, We've seen more people, like, especially in our age range, doing that because, you know, our parents, you know, they used to the whole nine to five, you come home, you cook and clean, and then you repeat, you do that five, six days a week. But now, you know, there's multiple ways of making money. Like this Instagram influencers making, you know, three times people's annual salary in half a year. So, you know, there's money to be made everywhere. Um, But let me ask you, what is the biggest misconception about content creating? Because a lot of people, they have this idea that content creating is just, you know, you just wake up and you take a photo or video and you just post it. Like, do you, do you think a lot of people underestimate the amount of time and creativity that goes into it? Thank you for tuning into another episode of the most entertaining podcast of all time. And thank you. To all my fans, supporters, and listeners around the world, whether you're from a small town in Utah, to Los Angeles, to Sweden, to Finland, to Russia, thank you. Because with your support, we have become one of the most top-rated podcasts on Spotify in 2021. So thank you all for all your contribution and listening to this podcast. And I also got to mention one thing, just, just one thing. If you want to donate or contribute to this podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash the Prince of Fresh Air, which is in the links, and it's my main platform. And you can go to listener support. And you could donate anywhere from 50 cents to 10 grand. I'm, I'm not I'm not judging. But thank you guys for an amazing year. Two years into this, and it's all because of you. So thank you. And let's get right back to the action, shall we? Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot. Like, I know for me, I kind of have social anxiety. So and if I want to post a video or even if I want to take a picture of like a fit of mine, if I'm out in public, like I think twice about everything. Like I'd be self-conscious a lot. So I feel like it's a lot of, you know, being comfortable like within yourself. It's a lot. Like it's not just, oh, I have a phone. Let me just post this. Like, nah, like it's a process. Like you want to make sure you got the good lighting. You want to make sure, you know, if you're telling a story, 
you want to make sure that you know it's interesting to like captivate people like you want to you know be like the true authentic self it's more than just posting like you're pretty much or a director a casting director the talent like you're all of that in one so i really feel like it's a it's a mind game like you need to know like all right i post this like all right what's next like it's more than just a video and a picture like at least i could speak for me like every picture has a story to my content you know right now let me ask you a, a hot a hot topic question right um because in the sense we're both content creators do you think social media has done more harm than good in society oh okay I'm like 50-50 with that because I feel like social media is a great tool. Social media has connected people from all over the world. It's gotten people jobs. It's gotten people put on and, you know, career situations. It's done so much positive stuff that, you know, half the stuff wouldn't be around today if it wasn't for social media. But then on the other hand, I look at it, the damage. Social media has created this false narrative. I feel like a lot of us, you know, we follow people that are in our age range. Like, let's just say, you know, I'll use like the Kardashian-Jenner family. I use like these top influencer people, right? Mm -hmm. We follow them and, you know, a lot of people, it's like, especially young women, they compare their lives to them. You know, they want to go get surgery. They want to get big butts or they feel like, yo, me and Kylie are the same age and she's, you know, worth almost a billion dollars. You know, like I feel like it creates this false narrative of on young people that they feel like they should achieve so much in such a little bit of time. Like, all of this is new. Like, we're like the first generation to start this content creative shit. You know what I mean? Like, there's no playbook on how to do this. Like, our parents wasn't doing this. So I feel like being a young adult, especially if you're under 25, a lot of people look up to these people and they feel like, yo, I'm not doing enough in my life. How come I don't have a G-Wagon? How come I don't have this? They look at it as a material aspect of things. And I felt that, I feel like social media has created, like I said, a false narrative to feel that you need to have it all by a certain age and the real reality is that that's just not true everybody's on a different path and in a different chapter and when you get there is when you get there oh yeah man it's 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 unfortunate like um and i, I mentioned that because i started seeing it in the acting world like um you know a couple years ago when i was still in college um you know it was all about the talent it was all about you know you come into an audition you know and you work, you know, you memorize the sides, you come in, you prepare and, you know, try to do your best performance in your audition. And nowadays, you know, it seems to me, especially as I climbed up in the ranks a little bit, it's like, it's all about the amount of followers you have. It's all about the social media presence that you have. And like, it, it's sad to see so many people I've met in LA since I've been here who idolize the Kardashians, you know, they don't want to be actors they don't want to be influencers they do everything because they want to be the new kim kardashian and it's right. like i don't get me wrong if you you know look up to her hey i i'm not here to judge but i think this whole social media thing has done so much more harm to get in the sense that um it's made people feel like they have to improve their life more than others they got to prove themselves better than other people like uh i remember i was having this conversation with this um this guy at my gym he's a uh manager for one of the top uh agencies in uh in the country and he was telling me how you know there was people you know you go on the instagram five hundred thousand followers a million followers half of them are being bought though 
and a lot of them work at McDonald's, you know, yeah. but when you look on their profile, you know, you see them in Cancun, you see them in Mexico and all these extravagant, extravagant locations. But what you don't see is the fact that, you know, they have to do many hours of overtime or, you know, their parents bought them the trip or they got a boyfriend or a husband that pays for the trip. So it's, it. don't get me wrong. I, in a sense, I do like social media, but if I wasn't in the entertainment industry, I probably would use it less because it does, when you go in there, you always feel like you have to, you got to compare yourself to other people. And I think, I think that's the biggest problem with social media is people don't realize that it's all a front. You, a lot of people just show the best things that happen, but they don't show the fact that, you know, they struggling to pay rent next month. You know, they struggling just as much as you, but because they have 500,000 followers, they're deemed better than you, you know? And I think I th- that's the problem I have with social media is it's too cutthroat, you know? Right. I agree with that. I mean, I've heard the saying before where it says, you know, years ago, talent used to get you work. Now it's followers get you work. Yeah, I definitely yep. agree that. Oh, it, it's true. I mean, I, I, some actor um, asked me for advice the other day when I was at work about acting and stuff. And I always tell people, it's all about training because at some point it is about talent. But nowadays, it's all about the followers. Why? Because a lot of these agents and casting directors and movie producers and stuff, they they want to know that, all right, you can guarantee at least, you know, 500,000 people is going to come see this movie opening night, you know? And yeah. it's unfortunate that, you know, TikTok stars and YouTubers who have no acting experience is getting roles over people who's been, you know, studying at, you know, Fordham University for, you know, 10 years. or they've been taking acting classes. They were kids. And they're talented and they will light up the room, but, you know, they get passed over because, you know, this guy over here from TikTok, he has, you know, 500,000 followers and he only has 1,200. And I, it's sad, man. It, it, it's completely sad. And I think that's the only reason why I talk down on social media sometimes. It's not so much that it's useful, but it's also, it's giving people a way to make themselves um how, how do you put it? It, it it's making people live in this false reality of security you know and i you know i, I just like the whole influencer thing too like some of these people shouldn't even have a following if i'm being honest <laughs> you know because they that they know a good photographer and they know good lighting you know right and they take good butt pictures you know they can make you know our parents' annual salary in a month, you know. Right. You know, it's 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 unfortunate, but um, you know, as a content creator, um, do you find it hard balancing your nine to five and doing that at the same time? Because I know that can be, you know, a big juggle sometimes. Um, no, for me, not necessarily because I'm not gonna say I don't take social media seriously, but I look at it as like what's the word I'm looking for? I look at it as just like a tool or like a side hobby. I don't let it consume my life um, to the point of where like, you know, I'm not focused on other things. I just look at it as like something to do, if that makes sense. Like I'll, you know, I'll tell my stories through my pics, you know, when I post like fashion pics, like I tell my stories through that. But for me, I don't find it hard because at the end of the day, like what makes me money is, you know, this job. And if I don't have this job, then, you know, I can't even afford to 
you know, like get dressed up in my nice shit and, you know, take photos and things of that sort. So nah, uh, for me, the balance is like pretty easy. Like I know like what's real life and then I know what's like social media. I know how to separate the two. Now, let me ask you another question. If you can make um, just as much, if not more money doing your content creating, would you choose your nine to five at the tech or would you do content creating? Ah. I mean, for me, I look at it as, I know social media is going to be around for a long time. I don't have doubt in that, but I always have the notion of what if one day the Instagram CEO, the top people just woke up one day and just say, you know what, let's just turn this shit off for two weeks. Like, let's just see what happens. We just stop all this, like, you know, let's just see like what happens. Then what, like, you know, this job that I have is guaranteed I'm getting a check every two weeks and that's guaranteed. It's no questions about it. You know what I mean? Like the likelihood of me losing that, okay, it can happen. You know, they can go out of business, which I doubt, but there's more security and a nine to five job than social media. I mean, if you got it like that and, and, and like, if you got millions already and then, okay, you can do the social media, you got something to fall back on. But if you're a normal person like me working, you know, a nine to five job, granted it pays well. And, you know, I live a well life, but I'd rather take the job personally. That's fair. And I, I ask that because, you know, there's been an increase in, you know, I, I, I'm not so much against it. Cause I know during the pandemic, a lot of people, had a change and, and, and their mindset and reality. And a lot of people were slaving at their nine to five and they're not pursuing the passions that they always wanted to do. Um, and I commend them for it. But you, you know, you're seeing a lot of, you know, police officers, uh, firemen, nurses, people in the medical field, and people were like real nine to five jobs who are quitting these jobs to do OnlyFans or Instagram or YouTube. And Again, I, I'm not here to, you know, tell anybody anything because I'm an actor, you know, it's the most unstable career of them all. But I think it's, I, I don't know, like at, at some point, it's like it's cool because I do know a lot of them. Some people do make money. But the reality of the situation is, would you really give up a primary job that pays, you know, pays you a comfortable wage? for a career in a in a, a social media platform that, you know, let's be real, if they decided to cancel Instagram tomorrow, you know, where's your money going to come from, you know? And I guess so many people, I've been seeing a lot of people, you know, quitting their nine to five jobs to be, become content creators. And I think a lot of people underestimate um, the fact that it's not stable. You know, this YouTubers who's been on YouTube, YouTube for 10 years and they only recently just started making money. And then when the pandemic hit, they went from making hundred grand a month to barely $5,000 a month. And, you know, I think, what, what do you think about that? Do you think it's wise for people who, you know, who's lived and, you know, have nine to five jobs to just up and quit and, you know, do the things that they want? Not at all. I mean, unless Instagram is coming to you with a $10 million check, then you know, all right, you'll be straight as long as you invest right and spend right. Not at all. Um, nah, I couldn't see myself doing it. Like I'm a, I'm a forever keep a nine to five until I am secured at a level to where I'm making almost double what I'm making at my job. You know what I mean? Like, like there needs to be some security. I can't just 
take an L like that, like, especially in LA, like, you know how high it is out here. Like, you can't, like, it's not Iowa, you know, where like rent is like $700. Like, nah, like, I can't take that leap. I got to be financially secure. Like, that's just me. Like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's crazy? Like, even though you just said, you know, in LA, you shouldn't do that. So many, yo, man, I've can't, I can't count how many 35 year old people I've met who don't have a job, you know, have barely any savings, but you know, they, they're out there, you know, Instagram living their best life. And I'm like, yo, bro, you got nothing to show for it. Like you got no money. You see, you got 10 roommates. You know what I'm saying? You share one bathroom with nine other people. Like, is it worth it? Like, I don't know. Exactly. Like, what do you have to show for it? I mean, for me, I'm blessed. Like, you feel me? I got my own crib, stay by myself. You feel me? You know, like, I'm blessed. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, being in that predicament, you know, but in LA, that's normal to have 10 roommates and to, you know, like, I'm sorry, like, nah, that's not, that's not me. I just wasn't brought up like that. Like, I'd rather have my own and I don't know. Oh, you got your own crib, bro? Yeah. 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 Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm blessed. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, it's people out here though that be 30 plus that you know is comfortable sleeping on people's couches and living the life and you know acting like everything's together. Like that can't be me. Yeah, man. That and that's that's another reason. You know, I'm a I do like Elena. The weather is definitely the best thing, but you know, feasibly for a long time for me, I don't know. It's just it's expensive out here. Don't get me wrong, New York ain't cheaper, but it's certain ways in New York where you know, life can be a little more comfortable without some like the gas out here. Forget yeah, about it. Yeah, almost dollars. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's like in order to live by yourself, you really gotta have a good paying job. And I'm talking about more than sixty thousand dollars a year. And yeah, it yeah. seems like a lot of people here, it's just like you know, five, ten roommates still paying two grand a month. Like that's I don't know. Like I don't want to be in my thirties living like that. You know. I, I, I just couldn't, but I understand why some people do it because they want to pursue their dream. But I don't know, 35 though. I yeah, know. I feel like at 35. I mean, people get their life together at different points, but I feel like 35 is too much of a big age to be having 10 plus roommates or sleeping on the couch. And yeah, like, nah, I feel like at 35, you need to be established, man. You got to have your shit together by that point. Yo, let me, let me, let me tell you something, right? So, um, Last year, 2021, I think, 2021, 2022, I th- uh, 2020, I think it was, middle of pandemic, we was uh, looking for uh, another roommate because uh, two of them moved out. And I can't count how many 50-year-olds applied to live with us. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm... I'm thinking in my mind, why would somebody in their 50s want to live with a bunch of 20-something-year-olds? And one of the common things I've heard was, you know, I'm trying to be an actor. I'm trying to be a a rapper. I'm trying to be in the music industry. And it's like, wow, 50-something years old? Like, and you work at a fast food joint? Um, I'm I'm not knocking nobody, but LA is definitely, a uh, like, in, in the city, if you hear somebody 50 years old who don't got their own place, you like, this dude is a weirdo. Out here, it's just like common practice. Like, everybody out here just living their best life. I, For me, know. I hate the people that got, like, all right. In L.A., it's a lot of 
like people that uh, be flossing in like, let's say a Maserati or a Porsche or like an S-Class. And then like, you find out like, oh, this motherfucker sleeping on the couch. Like, yeah, I don't know, like, that's backwards to me. Like, I can't like, nah, like you, like you gotta have your own spot, bro. Like, come on, at your big age, like, come on. Yo, man, I, I remember at my old job, I was working in North Hollywood and this dude from Domino's right next door, literally right next door. I used to see him all the time when I, you know, take my breaks. I remember talking to him. He was like, like 30 years old, I think. And he had this super nice car. It was like 80 grand. It was souped up. It was nice. And I'm like, hey, you know, damn, yeah. I'm like, yo, bro, how you, you know, how you get that? He was like, yeah, man, you know, I got five jobs. Um, I live in my parents' garage. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, that's how you can afford it. Cause you pay no friend, you know, it, you know, and there's a lot of people out here in LA like that. Like, this is a lot of people I've come to realize because when I first moved here, I'm not gonna lie, I was looking at all these Dodge Challengers and Chargers and Bugattis and you know, Alfa uh, Romero's. If I said that right, um, all these nice sports cars and high end cars, and I'm like, damn, son, I-, I need to step my game up. And then as I started meeting people, it's like, yo, I actually live better than them. But exactly. the only difference is, you know, I don't have a car payment that, you know, is more than my rent. You know, that's the only difference. But yeah, that whole facade in L.A. is definitely one of the biggest turnoffs for me because it's easy to get caught up in it, especially when you're in the industry. You know, whether you're uh, Instagram influencer, content creator on the entertainment or music industry, you definitely see it way more often than not. And it's like I... I hate the fact that you have to flaunt and stunt to show people that you're important when you really aren't. You know what I'm saying? You know. Exactly. And then, like, same with that dude. Like, dude, you driving around in an 80 grand car at Domino's, you, do you even make 30 grand a year? You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, you gotta <laughs> look at shit like that. And, like, especially with cars, like, cars depreciate. So, you spending all this on this car in three years, it's gonna be a brand new model that's way sicker than you. You feel me? Like, come on. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just priorities. You deliver pieces in an 80 grand car. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it, it's, the, it's the age of social media and everything. You know, it's it, it, really, it really all is connected. It's the fact that it, I only mention L.A. because you really see it in L.A. Like, if you go to New York, you know, you don't see that. Like, yeah, you see some nice cars and stuff. But for the most part, people don't be out you know, sunglasses on, acting like tool jobs, you know, big old chain necklaces. And if you do see them, they're usually famous or some type of rapper. I'm not saying famous rapper, but they're usually some type of rapper, music artist. But for the most part, like in the city, it's like people don't care. People don't really judge. And if you are going to look like that, well, you're going to get robbed. You know, that's just, <laughs> the, you know, that's just the reality of it. And then you come here and it's like, yo, you work at McDonald's. You got on five gold chains. You driving the newest McLaren. Right. How? Like, oh. I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm not here to judge nobody. If that's what you want to live, by all means. But, you know, when your car get repo, I'll be laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> man, man. Oh, man. Um, so let, let me ask you, man. Like, what do you what is your biggest goal in life? Like, what do you want to accomplish like in the next five, 10 years? Like, like, what do you want to do in life specifically? Do you have any goal? Um, 
Yeah. Um, for me personally, I want to do something in media. So whether that's, you know, hosting shows or whether that's, you know, storytelling, whether that's being on a show, like media is definitely like my field that I can see myself vibing in. Um, you know, I get told all the time from friends and stuff like, bro, you need to be on a reality show. Like you got the personality, like you're crazy. But for me, like I want something bigger than a reality show. Like not saying that I will knock it. If the opportunity presented itself, I probably will take it. But anything in like a like anything in like a media aspect, like I look to Speedy Mormon, the dude from Complex, as like his career as like as like a model. Like, you know, like how, you know, like the kind of lane he's in, like hosting shows for like Complex and, you know, hosting the hype on HBO Max, like things of that sort. Like I see myself thriving in like that type of field. Um, but, just, but just personally, whatever it is I do, I just want to be happy and I want to be successful at it. I mean, it's one thing to have a job and, you know, make all this money. But if you're not genuinely happy, then it's not good. Like my happiness is super important to me. Happiness is the number one thing I care about. And then next, the money and all that can come second. But I need to be happy at whatever it is that I do in my career. Can I get an amen? Who? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie, though. I could see you on Love Island. I'm not even gonna lie. I could see you on that. Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> or on The Bachelorette, one one of those shows. I could see you on that. Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you light skin man. You got you got to use that to your advantage, man. <laughs> Love Island casting people. If y'all listening, you know, sliding my DMs. Hey, <laughs> I, I got you, man. I know some connections. I got you. <laughs> um. Nah, man, you know, that, that's dope, man. It's always it's always nice meeting people, you know, who have goals and ambitions and ain't just, you know, living out here like, you know, there's no tomorrow. Like, it's, it's, it's nice that you have a plan, you have a vision that you want to do. Because, like, I always talk about acting for me. Like, that's, I've only wanted to do that since middle school. And I dedicated my life to that so far. And, like, even for me, there's been times where, you know, doing like Jubilee and stuff like that it made me realize maybe I want to do something on the side that actually, you know, pays, you know, me money and makes me happy. Because like I said, I, I'm not a nine to five guy. I'm not a guy who's going to work at a bank, especially with my type of head. That's not even going to happen. <laughs> um, but I don't like I just I think it's important what you said. You have to no matter how much money you make, you have to have fun at what you do. And um that's all I'm trying to do. I ain't really trying to just do jobs because, you know, I get paid 200 grand because I'm going to wake up every morning like, God damn it. I got to go to this bum job that I'm not really living, you know? Exactly. You're not, you're not, you know, happy. Exactly, man. Um, Any final words for the people? Because I think this has been a good conversation. Definitely. Um, all I can say is follow me on social media, Super Abes on Instagram. Um. Yeah, just continue to, you know, look forward. Like, I know that, you know, I'm going to be seen again shortly on, you know, a TV platform. So just stay tuned. Exactly, man. Keep wearing that face mask. Stop playing out here. No. Sir, <laughs> N95. Yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, nah, it was good to have you on the, on the platform, man, because we, we definitely had a good episode and Jubilee. So again, if you haven't watched the episode, definitely go check it out on Jubilee's uh, YouTube channel. It's called "Are All Black Men Oversexualized?" It's you'll love the conversation. Me, Avery, uh, Larry Chats, who was in the uh, previous episode, yeah. was on it too. 
um, it was a good conversation with good guys. And, um, you know, like I always say, a helping hand is a better hand. Thank you, Ave. Thanks. Thank you, man.